0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Mind Your Business. Tonight my guest is Clarence and Lady Dawn. Reverend Clarence and Lady Dawn. They've been together for 13 years. They've been married for 12. They have three kids, Martez, Serenity, and Ramaya, and four grandchildren. Clarence and Dawn have been through a lot, but they've overcame it all with the help from God. They the first um year, Clarence and Don were together. She was sick for the whole year and couldn't even get out of the bed. But thanks to God, he was sent to her because of the situation she was in. She said that with his help, her and her girls were able to make it. And she knew that God was still a true provider. They were just talking the other night of how they worked at the same time for 13 years. It was like they would have take they would take turns working. She was a housewife for 11 years and neither one of them worked since June. He had outsour- His job had been outsourced. And so she'd been working. But because of the grace of God and the obedience of pray- paying their tithes faithfully, they have not went without food, clothes, nor gas or electric. They both have peace and joy, and they are teaching the importance of faith and paying tithes in their community and church. Reverend Clarence has been a minister for 22 years and a pastor for a year and a half. Being a pastor and First Lady has its moments, but with that faith in God, they are still standing on the promises of God that he will never leave or forsake them. So tonight, we are going to be doing a special segment called Marriage and Ministry, and so Lady Don and Reverend Clarence are going to be talking to us about marriage and ministry and what it takes to be together in marriage and in ministry. So without any further ado, we would like to welcome Reverend Clarence and First Lady Dawn from Mount Pleasant Church. And let me get them added. Hello. Hi. Can you? Oh, nope. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Can you hear us? I can. How are you this evening? We're
1: doing good. Okay. I'm just
0: trying to get. Oh, I'm good. Good. Thank you for joining me tonight. I'm glad that you are able to take the time out of your day and come on and talk to us tonight about what it's like to be married and to be in ministry together. So um, I introduced you, but if you'd like to just tell us a little bit about yourselves, who you are and what church you represent.
2: Uh, You pretty much said everything, you know, as far as me, uh, been in ministry about 22 years. Actually, the name of the church is Mount Pilgrim. Church in the city of Pilgrim. I'm sorry. You know, we've been here about a year and a half, and yeah, we're just looking forward to seeing what God is going to do in our life.
0: Amen. Amen. um Lady Don, what is it like being a first lady in the church for the first time? You see my face. I can see your face. Can you come over just a little bit? It's like I can see half of your faces.
1: Can you see my face? No, but seriously, God is, <laughs> God is good. Okay, I got you. We, we, we done been through some hardships and testing trials, but yet we've still been victorious, victorious. We've still been praying. We've still been fasting. It's going good. God is working it all out.
0: Yeah. And in the midst of all of that, COVID comes. So how what kind of challenges have you seen in the church with COVID? Is your church open or are you ministering from online?
2: Uh, it's We uh, we actually opened back up the first Sunday of September. It's definitely been a challenge, especially uh, not even having a full year in when COVID hit. You know, so that was a big challenge uh, right now, really just trying to get keep keeping people encouraged through everything you know knowing that you know letting them know god is still going to take care of you but uh ever since we opened up you know numbers have been doing well you know we're trying to keep people safe as possible wearing masks doing temperature checks trying to do social distance you know as much as we can you know this it's definitely been a challenge
0: yeah, as people of faith, what does that look like in the church? Was people leery of coming back to church, or how did they take hold of coming back? Did they embrace it?
2: Uh, <laughs> really, you would think that some people—you have some people who are who say they're leery. Most of them, we had church outside for like uh, when the weather warmed up and stuff. We had church outside probably three months. You know, it's one month we had to do video. You know, just taping the service. Because it rained for like three Sundays straight, so we just had the video. So there was a lot of people who were ready to get back into the church, but I kept holding off just to make sure that we can go in uh, in a timely manner to keep people safe. Uh, So there's some people who say, "Oh, I'm not going back in until you know, until COVID, you know, and all this stuff is over." But my thing is, uh, if we can go to the grocery store, if we go to the restaurants and all this other stuff then there's no reason why we can't go sit in church for an hour, you know, and praise God and still be smart about it.
0: Amen. I mean, I believe that God is bigger than anything that we can face in this world anyways. And so as believers, that's the best time to come together is when we can gather at church and we can pray and, and we can do what the word tells us to do so that we can take care of this situation and make it go away. (laughs) Cause I believe he says the prayer changes things. So if we come together in prayer, then I'm sure it can change some things. So um, as far as being in the church and being married and being in ministry, is this something that you always had set out to do? Or how? when was it that you answered your call and knew that you were going to be a minister in the church? And Lady Don, how was it for you knowing that you were going to become a first lady?
2: Uh, wow. It took a while for me to actually answer my call to ministry. You know, uh, I was probably, uh, I had grown up in Anderson in church all the time, you know, giving my life to Christ at the age of seven. I had some mothers in the church that, oh, you're going to preach one day. You're going to preach. I said, no, you know, not me. And so being one who was out uh, drinking, selling drugs and all this other stuff, I never, that was never my dream to become a preacher. I was having too much fun doing everything else besides preacher. Uh Finally, when I came, I moved to Muncie. I got up under a uh, pastor, and uh, he was like, look, your life is never going to go right till you actually answer your call. You know, God mm-hmm. has told you you know, what you need to do, and until you answer that call, your life is never going to go right in your life. Even at that, it probably took me another year to actually answer my call, but when I did, kind of rebellious. I'm like, you know what? I'll go in and preach, but I ain't doing nothing else. I'm not trying to please nobody. I don't care if nobody say I ain't doing nothing. You know, God had to take me through some things and realize, you know, if I'm not humble enough and be able to talk to people, then there's the what am I going to use you for because nobody wants to listen to you. Mm -hmm. You know, so even probably about uh, 15, 16 years into the ministry, you know, he started, you know, I started having dreams and stuff as far as pastoring. And I'm like, look, I'm not about to pass no hard head. Black folk, they don't want to listen. I'm mean, not, that's, that's a bigger headache that I want to deal I'm just being honest with you, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, uh, it just kept going more and more, and, and the desire, you know. And even before she and I got together, you know, we had had a conversation. I was like, look, you need to pray to make sure that. Being married to a preacher is even something that you want to do because that's a whole different lifestyle.
0: That's mm-hmm.
2: you know, another set of challenges. You know, I wouldn't even think about pastoring then. And so then, come time, you know, pastoring, I was like, all right, so I'll start putting in resumes. And we start putting resumes. This probably went on for probably about four or five years, probably almost seven years, probably close to just going to different places from, uh, Detroit, Michigan, all the way down to Tuskegee, Alabama, Richmond, Indiana, Madison, Indiana, you know, traveling all over the place, you know, interviewing for vacant churches. You know, I got to points. point, I said, you know what? I told her we was on the way back from Michigan. I said, if I don't get this church, I'm done. I'm just going to be a good armor bearer and I ain't doing nothing else. I ain't trying to pass. I ain't trying to do nothing else. She's like, no, you can't do that. If the Lord says you're going to do it, you got to do it, you know, but you got tired of going through, emotional type stuff, ups and downs, feeling, okay, God, this is where you want me at. And you get a call, oh, we, we we went with somebody else. You know, so it's like when I finally, and even the church we're at now, I had put in for this church a couple of years ago before we even got it, and they chose somebody else. And so when it came open again, they're like, hey, you need to put your name. I said, man, they didn't for what? They didn't want me the first time. So I'm not going to put it in this time. I'm not doing it you know, but God sent people my way to say, Hey, you never know when it's your time. I said, look, these black folks didn't want me the first time. Why am I going to put, go through the stuff again? So I finally did it. And here we are a year and a half in, you know, yeah, we have some struggles and stuff. The first, I'm not going to say the first year, the first six months, you know, it was like, oh man, Lord, you could have did this the right spot for me because there's too Mm -hmm. much hell going on right now. I can't deal with it. But, uh, He works things out and things have gotten better. You know, there's still some issues along the way, which that's always going to be it. But just continue to lean and depend on him is what's making it worthwhile.
0: Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us. And thanks for being transparent because a lot of times people believe when they are outside looking in that. The church is so together and the pastors together and the first ladies together. Everybody has it all together, but they don't realize that we're all just human and we all have struggles. And so, you know, thank God that you do have a help, um, a helpmate in your wife, someone that can go through the struggle with you and someone that can understand and be discerning for you. And so, I mean, it's, it's a lot to it's a lot of challenges, especially when you take on leading other people and especially your people. And you know, God called you for a reason because he knew that you would be able to do that task. And before he allowed you to do that task, he gave you an opportunity to be able to get strengthened for it. Because who knew once you got into that church, now here comes something else. And so now you've had to deal with that. And you said six months. So six months is nothing compared to everything you had to go through to get there. So by you overcoming those challenges in six months, it just goes to show that you were put there for a reason because some people have been still going 10 years and not getting anything accomplished. So, you know, thank God that he chose you for a time such as this and you were able to make it through. And so just keep on hanging in there and knowing that whatever he's got for you, he'll bring you through. So yeah, so Lady Don, how were you able to continue to? encourage Reverend Clarence into staying strong because I'm sure as a first lady you've seen a lot and had to deal with a lot, especially coming in new and young at the same time.
1: Well thank you for me being young. God is good. <laughs> um <laughs> but it, being a first lady never came to mind being being born and raised in church. But it became Prevalent, I guess you can say, when we when we got together, when we first stayed and God was I knew at the time God was I'm preparing you, I'm preparing for you something. I'm I got something in store for you. Or I'm in the background. Lord, what is it? What do you have for us? And he just kept saying, Be still, I'm preparing you, I'm preparing you. And then lo and behold, to bring it to now, it was not too long after we became pastor and first lady. God had allowed us to minister to someone. And he, and he kept telling me, your test is going to become a testimony. And sure enough, mm-hmm. as soon as we got done talking to this couple that was going through some things, God revealed to me, okay, these are some of the things that you and your husband had to deal with. This time for you to share it. And so that just became clear. Okay, well, Lord, this is what you've been telling me from day one. Get ready for it. And so God is preparing me, praying and fasting, reading the word, standing on his promises. And he's never going to leave us, nor forsake us. It's a great thing is going to come. And here we are. So it's been it's been some emotional roller coasters, but after that roller coaster is done with you ready to get back on that roller coaster again to feel the mm-hmm. excitement, to feel the 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 re- that's coming in your face. So there's been some other roller coasters, but thank God that we're still making it. Thank God we our enemies. The first scripture to come to mind, our enemies, enemies become our footstool. Now we can walk over those enemies and continue to press on to mm-hmm. say, okay, well, God, where's the next enemy gonna come? Because if we hold tight together, we're gonna cross over that enemy and continue to go on. And yet and still we have mm-hmm. a battle to fight and we have um people in our in in our world with us praying and fasting, and believing that God is gonna get us through whatever comes our way. So it's it's been some journeys it's it's even come to the point that me and him even contemplated divorce but God let us know that you're not going nowhere I have work for you to do and here we are being a testimony to somebody else that what God put together can no more take under so it's been a blessing
0: yeah yeah and and I'm glad again too that you are being transparent because again I don't think that people really truly understand what it is to be in that role you take on a lot you don't just take on your own self and your family but now you have a whole congregation of people that are counting on you depending on you looking at you to be these pillars of strength and to be the ones that can figure out anything but what they don't understand is you have to have someone in your corner praying for you as well, someone that you can have pouring into you because you pour into so many and you do so many things outside of the church that still is calling you to lead in that ministry. And so we know the Reverend Clarence, he's worked with Feed My Sheep, I believe, and that's a ministry within itself, making sure that people are being able to get fed or the um, Second Harvest Food Bank. I'm sorry. But making sure that there's food out there for people and making sure not only that he's feeding them in the church, but outside of the church. And so a lot of times when they see pastors, they think that, oh, they don't do anything. They just come and preach on Sundays. That's not the case. You don't know how many phone calls you get in the middle of the night or early in the morning or during the day with someone that is needing you to give them some guidance or advice that sometimes us as human beings. Because you you're a pastor. Yes, that's what you're called to do. But you're not a dictionary or encyclopedia that has all these answers. You are a human being. And so we are given this task to do something that is, I, I guess I'd say superhuman, because it's not what just a regular everyday person would be doing. But you're walking like Christ and you're you're ministering to others and you're bringing them the gospel. And then you're feeling torn at the end of the day if you feel like these people aren't being reached. So what do you do in those situations when you are doing your best and preaching and and trying to get the people to understand what's going on? But for some reason, it seems like we're not reaching them. What what word do you have for any young ministers or anyone that's in ministry that might be having that struggle that they're not reaching the people?
2: Uh, The really the only thing, the best thing to really do is is pray, you know, prayer. um, My former pastor told me when I first got into the ministry as pastors, you got to realize these are not your people. They're God's people. And so when you feel like you're not reaching, as long as you're doing what God tells you to do, all you can really do is pray for guidance to go back to, okay, what do I need to do? What am I not doing right? You know, what can I do? You know, prayer and fasting, that's the only way. Because you have to understand, we can do the work, but God's got to be the one to actually bring the increase and everything else. So it's it's we have to remember that it's on God's time. All you have to do is put the word out there. You know, but God's mm-hmm. words and it, it, it never come back forward. You know, so you mm-hmm. pray that whatever you do, you're, God is pleased with what you're doing, and he'll be the rest.
0: Yes, and, and I so agree, because all we can do is what God tells us to do, give the word, and then plant the seed. And again, someone will come along and water that seed once we planted it. But sometimes it's discouraging if you are trying to reach folk and they still seem to not understand. And I think as the leader, you take on this thing of what's going on? Am I doing something wrong? And you're not, you're not doing anything wrong at all because you just have to bring the word and you just have to do what you're called to do. It's God's job. Once you get them there, he's going to pull them the rest of the way. You just got to, you just got to get them in there. And so, what are you doing to reach people to get them to come back to church?
2: I just try to communicate. Uh, I have text messages that I send out probably once or twice a week. I have a couple different uh, groups. I have a group for ladies, a uh, group for uh, men. Then I have one just for ministers. Just trying to send them encouraging words throughout the week. You know, just I mean, I'm not I'm not calling everybody. I'm to be honest, I'm not calling every individual person. You know, and I just try to send text message out. Uh, if I find out somebody's sick or whatever, I'll try to reach out to that person, you know, but just to try to keep, just really try to keep them encouraged. Uh, I got a pastor friend that sends me encouraging words, and I just try to pass that along just to keep everybody encouraged and motivated. You know, we've gotten to the point. Uh, prayer has been something that the that, that Lord has been putting in my spirit. So we pray. Our service starts at 11 o'clock on Sunday. Now we're in there at 1030. We're praying at 1030 in the morning before service starts. And now we're actually doing a 6 a.m. prayer call on Tuesday mm-hmm. and Thursday, also a 6 p.m. prayer call. So we're really just trying to really set the atmosphere of prayer and just petition God to just move and just let his spirit just rest on us so that we may be able to do what he needs us to do to go on to the next level.
0: Amen. Amen. And I can tell I've watched some of your broadcasts and was following you when you were doing outside church and people show up and they they want that word and they are supporting you and you can see that. And so no matter what it might look like on the outside, you know, you've got it together and you've got some some people in your corner that are there and helping you further this journey and this mission. So from when you were younger in church at Second Baptist (laughs) to now, what's the biggest change? What's the biggest change that you've seen in the church? You brought, you made him
1: bring back memories.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I had Keisha on the other night. I had Keisha on the other night and I was laughing because I said, Reverend Rowe would just be so ecstatic right now. (laughs) He's seen his children.
2: To to go back into into second Baptist days. it's, It's so crazy. I think I just was talking to somebody the other day about that. And some of the big differences are back then you know, it was more of a do as I say, not as I do type mentality Mm -hmm. with the church. You know, people did, you know, let's be honest, you know, the Baptist people had the worst reputation when it comes to church because Baptist folk believe, oh, I can do whatever I want to do and God's still going to save us and it was more of a do as I say, not as I do. And so Mm -hmm. now it's at the point to where me seeing a lot of things growing up and how people are acting and stuff. It becomes more of a setting a standard when it comes to ministry to show people look, we cannot continue to have an attitude to do as I say, not as I do, but we have to be more of an example of how to live a Christ like life. Yes, you may fall, but you don't have to practice the sin that we used to do. Mm-hmm. Back then, people we we were great at practicing sins. And we were great at playing church, you know. Now we have to get to the point to where we're doing more and and religion and and religion is no is no longer just uh, uh same, but if you having a relationship with God. And relationship is coming strong mm-hmm. to where the stronger you get, the more you don't want to just practice the sin, but you want to draw closer to Him. So I think really today's day and time. I would say the difference is just really trying to be more transparent and trying to really be an example to people, young and old, to really and really put put stuff on a level to where they can understand. Growing up, I love Rowe to death. Rambo used to use a lot of big words, and half those kids didn't understand.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: you know, we just sitting there lost. You know, don't know what's going on. But to now, to be able to make it relevant to where the youngest and oldest can understand what's being said and how to apply it to their life. I think that's really the most important part. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's all about application and being able to reach people where they are. And I think when we were younger, we were terrified and you go to church and it's like, okay, I am scared and I got to listen and I got to do that. Even though we did things outside of the church and like you said, practicing sin, But it was more of a fear of if I do this, this is going to happen and not really understanding what that threefold relationship was and not understanding how to embrace the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit all at the same time, knowing that, okay, I can go and I can talk to God and I don't have to just pray at church and I can pray anywhere. And he sees me and being aware of being in his presence. And I don't think we were taught the presence of God. I think we were more so taught the fear of the Lord. (laughs) And so we ran from what we feared. And now, because we understand the presence, it's drawn drawn us back. And so thank God for the mothers of the church, those Bible-believing, praying mothers that knew that one day, if they raised their children in the way that they should go, when they got old, they wouldn't depart from it and now look at you. You're right back where your mom knew you would be. And I know that she is very, very proud of you right now. And if she was here, she would be the first one shouting amen and hallelujah. You already know. <laughs> I already know, you already know it. So, you know, so God bless her and just bless her for being the mother that she's been Um, in your life just guiding you and taking you to church because that's where it starts it starts with having a mother that takes you and that plants that seed and that grounds you and roots you in that cause and then you know no matter where you run no matter where you go what you try to do it's gonna bring you back it's gonna bring you back and then when you find your good wife and you find your favor with the lord he put you together and, and make it all, mix it all together. And now you got cake. <laughs> so, you know, I just, I'm so blessed. Don, you and I, we um did share together. And we were both at that it time is. trying to be better women of God and trying to Enrich our marriages and our lives, and be better mothers. And and who knew at that time right. what God was truly preparing us for? And not only right. that, we got to know each other, and we became friends through that. And so I cherish that relationship. And I'm and I would look forward to seeing you there. And if you weren't there, I'd be like man. And if you if I weren't there, you'd be like man. Right. And we'd help yeah. each other out, and we would get each other back. What well, um, get our uh, lessons what we needed. So I just I thank you for that time that we were able to minister together and to pray and to worship together and to grow together as women and now as first ladies. And I'm glad you got to go before me because now (laughs) I got another year before I think we'll be placed in a church. But now I have someone that I can go to and be like, hey, you know, what, what about this or how can I do this? And I think that that is so important. Amongst the church and the husbands and the wives, because we need each other to be able to go to, and it says that the older women are supposed to pour into the younger women, but as I look around, (laughs) we don't have that anymore.
1: Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're
0: becoming those women, and so you know, it's like I look for people that I can go to and turn to that are older that can pour in. But like you said, we're becoming those women. And so I just pray that we continue to seek after God and to continue to do what he calls us to do in this ministry. So last thing that I will talk to you guys about, because I know that this one right here is what usually the enemy always tries to get us on and it's our children. How does being in ministry affect your children, and how do they um, handle being the children of a pastor?
2: <laughs> really, uh, let me, before I answer that question, I want to go back to you mentioned my mom. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people don't even know the, the history because my mom came from Mississippi, and really the first church when she moved to Anderson, she was introduced to, was actually Mount Pilgrim.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. So,
2: so mm. uh, that's be so it actually, my life's actually come full circle. So when she was actually pregnant with me when she first came to Anderson, Indiana, she was actually a member of Mount Pilgrim before she actually mm. went to Second Baptist. So it's, it's just crazy for me for the first church that God has sent me to to actually be the where to basically where my, where my, I guess my uh, roots really got started at. Mm-hmm. But to go to my children, uh, actually my children are used to it. They've been, they, uh, you know, my, my two girls anyway, uh, 15 and 16, you know, so when we got together, you know, they were, we've been there 13, they were like two and three. So all they really know is church, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I'm sure at one point in time, they probably got tired of going to different churches, but at the same time, they were able to travel some different places like I, said, like I said, we've been to Tuskegee, Alabama, Madison, Indiana, which I didn't know black people lived in Madison, Indiana, mm-hmm. but there's a church down in Madison. I interviewed at uh, Richmond, uh, Detroit, you know, so they've actually gotten used to being in church and they actually love being in church. So where some people, their kids are, Oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kids actually, my, my youngest daughter got to the point, you know, she starts doing her own Bible lessons now. Now she's asking questions at 15, you know, so she's trying to be more and more as far as in the church. So our girls are actually, uh, I mean, they're just church kids. They they love being in church.
0: Amen. Amen. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for, again, being transparent, for sharing your lives with us, for letting us in and seeing the day-to-day of what you have to go through being in ministry and the blessing is that you get to work for the Lord right that's the best boss you could ever have the downside is sometimes you leave there carrying a lot of weight on your shoulder that you just don't know what to do sometimes But thank God that you have the body of believers and the circle of friends that you have, other ministers that you can turn to, other friends that you can turn to that pour into you. And right now, we're at a state of unrest. We don't have a clue what's going to happen from one minute to the next. But we do know the God that we serve. And we know he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So whatever he has brought you from, he'll continue to strengthen you and guide you. And once we get through this, you can look back and say, I remember when and know that it was all because of the Lord and just continue to give him all the glory, continue to keep lifting up a standard, continue to pour into those that may not even want to be poured into because when you plant that seed, you never know what's going to grow from it. So God bless you both. Is there anything that any words of wisdom or advice you would like to leave to the people right now that are maybe going through it or don't have a church home or that don't maybe have a relationship with the Lord that would like to have a more intimate, closer relationship with him?
2: I want to leave you just just pray. If if you want things to get better, if you want to grow closer, if you want to learn more about Jesus, uh, the only advice I got is just to pray. If you continue to pray, he'll answer. If you meditate and let and wait for his answer, you know he he will answer. But you have to be patient and understand he's going to answer at his own time. Mm-hmm. You know. So the best I, advice I have is just prayer. You can never get mm-hmm. too much prayer.
0: Mm-hmm. Lady Don, any words you'd like to leave us with? Keep the faith.
1: No matter where this season's going, wherever God's going to take us through this season keep the faith. When tests and trials tend to weigh you down, just keep the faith.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, you heard it. Pray and have faith. Pray and have faith. If you don't have nothing else, pray and keep the faith. God bless you all for tuning in tonight. If you don't have a church home and you're in the Anderson area, or if you like to travel, you can go visit Reverend Clarence and First Lady Don at Mount Pilgrim. And what street is that located on?
2: 615 Henry Street.
0: 615 Henry Street, Anderson, Indiana, where they start praying at 1030 a.m. They start service at 11. They do social distancing. They are taking temperatures and making sure that they are keeping you safe. And there's no safer place than you can be than the house of the Lord surrounded by his body of believers. So God bless you all for tuning in. Whatever you do for the rest of the evening, be mindful pray, and keep the faith. If you're up at midnight, join me on Midnight Mindfulness, where we can practice meditation and learning to be mindful at that time. We only stay on for around 25 to 30 minutes, but it's well worth it, and you'll feel relaxed and refreshed afterwards. Thank you for joining me on tonight for Marriage and Ministry. Every Wednesday in November, we will be doing Marriage and Ministry on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 p.m., we will be doing Mind Your Business. where we have special guests on. So tomorrow we have a special guest, and then we will be tomorrow's Thursday, right? Yeah. So tomorrow Thursday we have a special guest, and then we'll be back um, at midnight for um, mindful uh, midnight mindfulness. And then the next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday with Mind Your Business on Tuesday and Thursday, six to seven, and Marriage and Ministry on Wednesday and I believe Wednesday the 11th will be the Olivers they're coming from Boston and he is a bishop and she is the first lady and I actually had their daughter on not too long ago Kimberly and she has written books and she's also in the ministry so it's another family of believers that we'll have on so tell your friends about it if you can't get enough church if you leave a little bit more join us on Wednesday night where we can talk about what's going on in the church, what we can do to edify the church and the body and what we can do to continue to pray and keep the faith. And always remember, you were created with a purpose. God bless you and good night. Reverend Clarence and Lady Don. stay on with me. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you.